and welcome to this latest episode of the Talking Heads podcast with me, Lucy Chamberlain. And me, Saul Walker. Now that autumn is making itself known to us, it seems a natural time to reflect on times past and look forward to new ventures ahead. So, with that in mind, we'd like to give a nod to these recent few months by simultaneously embracing what lies in front of us, both practically and at our respective gardens, and by assessing how this exciting industry that we've decided to devote our professional lives to is evolving and thriving. So many of us are showing this sector's true grit by quietly propagating new stock, dreaming up fresh initiatives, looking to new ways of working and generally supporting the trade. And our aim via this podcast is to muse on developments and showcase these horticultural heroes. We'll bring you two short 20-minute episodes each week, plus a longer bonus monthly interview. What more of a reason do you need to join us on this journey? Let's once again step into the busy and exciting world of the modern head gardener. You're listening to part one or two of Lucy and I's visit to Alting Wick during the Essex road trip of the Talking Heads podcast, featuring a lovely interview with Philippa Borough. Listen out for part two later next week. My God, Lucy, where's the screen? The copper wire. What, I know. We can see each other. I know, isn't it weird? There's you no exist. monitor around your head. I bet you're actually standing in front of me, flesh and blood and bone, about socially distanced two metres apart, obviously. But <laughs> uh, And we have, for this very special meeting, because we were working out the last time we got together was in January. Yeah. We have come to the most um, idyllic Eden, that is Altingwick, just outside Morden. And... Uh, to paint a picture for what we're looking at oh, here, it is just gorgeous. lush, yeah. exotic gorgeousness. Soul, you must yep. be beside yourself looking at this. I think my knees are quivering. <laughs> I can see. <laughs> shall we walk up the main path? We've yeah, got let's this have a look, shall we? Let's go, let's go into the middle and have a... Because then we're surrounded by the beds on all four sides. So it's, it's got this sort of classic parterre, like an English parterre look yeah, to it. Yeah, beautiful, isn't but it? But the planting is anything but... yes. Well, I recall your traditional English country garden. Yeah, the box does the kind of lines and it gives the structure. And then after that, it just goes all out lush jungle. And it's... Um, oh, oh are you right? <laughs> oh, wonderful. Uh, I, I think people on the podcast will know that this is exactly my oh, kind of planting. I, I mean, just in front of me is an amazing stand of aeonium. Look yeah, at them. That's what that I just turned Schwar- around to that see. That must be Schwarzkopf, I would yeah. suspect. Beautiful, isn't There's it? There's a Tetrapanax, you know... All of these things I grow at home. And plus, uh, it's it's sort of adulterated with dahlias. Now, I don't grow many dahlias. So it's you, not my, you did mention that Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a massive fan. But actually, in a scheme like this, dahlias add that little zing of colour. Yeah. Whereas the foliage around it adds that lushness, doesn't it? You've got it? the marriage here of, like you say, the, the, the massive architectural foliage. And then you've got the dahlias. And also, there's lots of late-season tender salvias here as well. And plus a few other specials that we'll probably stumble across. Oh, tithonias. Yeah, I can see tithonias. Cannas are flowering. Um, all sorts of stuff. Oh, cabea scan. Is that cabea scandens over your head? Oh, yeah. Look at yeah, that. Well, the there's Nipomia. That's yeah. probably, yeah, yeah. probably uh, a morning glory. And then, yes, we've oh. got the cabea scandens. And I've just noticed <laughs> all of these different um, castor oil plants. Uh, I know, the yeah, so amazing. we, we need to, we're just using we need to we need to let people see what we're witnessing here and it's basically a, a massive courtyard and underfoot is uh, is lovely brickwork and then you've mm. got tiles on edge to make a circle around a massive big central focal point which there's a big metal urn inside to give it some height and then you've got four equally sized beds going round the edge of the garden 
they're edged with box themselves and then like i say those four beds are rammed and packed full of these most sumptuous delicious plants so that's the backbone of the garden that's the structure let's get talking about the plants do you know i i I was just thinking i've got to remember i'm recording a podcast here because (laughs) my eyes are going left right and center it's just a feast of different kinds of plants that i absolutely love and it's really lush Uh, now we were speaking to the head gardener here lou nichols because obviously essex and we know this from lucy's experience is quite a dry Mm -hmm. county in comparison to my neck of the woods where uh we do get a lot of lush growth because we have the moisture, but I think they they have um, drip irrigation here they through do the have beds, don't they? Just saying, to keep it well ir- irrigated, and you can really tell because I'm just looking at these insettes. There must be one, two, three, four, no, probably five in there, and they are water hungry plants. And yeah. look at them; they're massive, they're... absolutely beautiful, paddle shaped. Oh. That sort of or- uh, red green. Especially when you see it through the sun, it's like a stained glass window into look at the rice uh, in here into as well. jungle heaven. Look how massive they are. They're like, I've never seen anything like it. And as I say, this is in Essex, you know, notoriously one of the driest counties in the UK. The rice in is probably about 10 oh, foot yeah. high above huge? my head. And then you've got this Nico, um, Nicotiana. Now, I've yeah. forgotten the species of that. Do you know, Saul? Is it arboreal? Yeah, I, I have got some at home because they very, very kindly gave me some when I worked here last year. And and that is uh, that is looking stonking. Sorry, I've just yeah. made a face at Luke <laughs> because I've just spotted the Brugmanses. Oh. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Sorry. Hang on, was, turn uh, the volume down because you're going to be squeaking for the next 10 <laughs> that minutes. That was Oh, look at that flower. <laughs> oh, look oh, at that. Let's have a sniff. Are you all right? I, I'm, um, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a yes from Saul. I think the adrenaline spiked. Uh- <laughs> Do you know what we need to do? We need to find the lady who's responsible for all this. We need to hunt down Philippa. She's probably... It's going to take some time because actually it's so lush and jungly. (laughs) She could be anywhere. So give us a minute and we'll go and find the lady who has done all this gorgeous, gorgeous planting. So we've been walking around the garden, uh, eyes popping, uh, tongues drooling. And uh, we're now standing next to the lady who's responsible for this, this amazing setup. It's Philippa Borough. Love, love to see you again, Philippa. Really, really nice to see you. And um, congratulations on this. It's just, again, it's just such a gorgeous garden. It really does come into its own in the latter part of summer. And we're so glad that this is our first get-together for a long, long time and we've chosen here for it to, to, to take place. Well, it's lovely to see you again, Lucy, and to meet Saul. This place has been on my radar, it must be a few years now, I think. Only a few years? Oh, sorry. <laughs> 20, 20 years, That's most right. of my life, most of my life. Well done, well recovered. Um, no one noticed that. Right. But yeah, no, especially in the last few years, and I know it's getting a bit more popular. I think you were in English Garden, was it English Garden? This month. This yeah. month? Yeah. So you're getting a bit, a bit more widely known. Been in everything, actually. Country Life, RHS Magazine, Gardens Illustrated, English Garden twice, uh, Gardener's World, once and possibly twice. Oh, no, like I say, this, it's, it just visually, I, I think that you're planting combinations just as they're so appealing to the eye you've got all the textures you've got the heights you've got the colors how how does it evolve to you do you experiment and trial and just see and then go with what you 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 want how how does it all come together how you created this amazing garden well i don't have a planting plan first of all but what i do have is a lovely broad range of plants and i'm always looking for new plants so this year with the hiddickiums have gone in but I suppose it's something that I've sort of done now for long enough that I know the plant so well that I can actually see it in my mind before we actually plant it. Um, 
So what we actually do is get everything out of the glass houses and the conservatory, which is a complete mess um, <laughs> over winter. And then and all the annuals come out of, the, of the, gra- the glass house and the dahlias are all prepped and waiting on the terrace. We basically just lay it all out and then we'll sort of jiggle it around and work out things. But actually what we do is we start with this little centre bed that we're looking at now because mm. it's... Um, it's so much smaller than the four beds that make up the surrounding of it and in here we try and we treat things slightly different so we have a shorter dahlia that we can put i always like to have a, a dahlia so that the, when, when the visitors come they get that power of color um and also in here we have a shady side so we've got this and i'm going to incorrectly pronounce it is it cotelia is that how you pronounce it speciosa well, I say it caught layer, but it's it's this well, okay, potato you. potato, isn't okay. it? Whatever it is, and that needs shade um, and needs quite a lot of moisture. So that that tends to go here. But having said that, I try and ring the changes every year. The shady sides are the more difficult ones, hence the beginning of the hedicums coming in, um, and the sunny sides are much easier. Um, and it's also the height of the dahlias. I've learnt that I can put higher dahlias that are going to be that get their heads above stuff that's next to them so we get a bit of I can actually sort of cheat with them slightly Mm. Um, and as the year's gone on some plants become more and more important and I suppose the ricemas have always been important and the tree dahlias but the last couple of years the canamusa failure has really come into play Um, I don't grow them for the flowers although there is one flowering over there but it's just that amazing height that they have and that wonderful leaf um, and obviously the end set's quite important and I've just bought a new one which is hiding over there they're quite small at the moment which are, I'm going to get this wrong is it Monbelliardi? I think we'll go with that pronunciation how would you, how would you say that? Sorry? I think, well, I don't know <laughs> Montbre- yeah, I think we'll go for that oh, I'm not going to try one thing we were going to ask you because I mentioned it the Nicotiana and you very kindly gave me some plants of that which are doing well but not as well as yours what is the species of that again? Glauca, it's yes. Glauca. And yeah, I have thanks. never seen this in any garden anywhere else. I'm, I'm sure there are gardens who've got it, but I think it's the most amazing plant. Um, it's very scrappy, but the seed heads are lovely. But you get this extraordinary height, and they're incredibly forgiving. I think you were here last year when we dug them up, Lucy. I they're was, in the roots. Yeah. Aren't, there's nothing of them. No. And we just pop them up, shove them in the, in the corner of the farmyard. They are hardy, and then they come out every every year. And I now think of them as trees, actually. And they are shrubs, but I, if you look at the height of them, what is that now? 12, 12? Yeah, no, at least. 10, at least 10, 10, 10 12, 13. Something it's, like that. Um, so the, the stems are actually very woody, aren't they? Mine, they mine are at like home is still quite glaucous, yeah. but like you say, yep. you've actually got some almost well, like bark going they're on. They're very odd, because when they're young, they have much bigger leaves. And as they get older and become tree-like, in inverted commas, yeah. they put these much smaller leaves on. But I love the fact that they will sort of they sort of hang over the edges of the farmyard um and i wouldn't be without them actually yeah um, yeah they're, they're, they're unusual and fun yeah they're, they're really nice now we've had a good walk around the garden and there's obviously different elements we've got the mini sissinghurst as i'm calling it in the back the lovely white garden and some some yeah some beautiful herbaceous beds uh, around the way very cot- almost cottagey style in some areas and obviously a big juxtaposition to what we're in now, this tropical bed. What's your favourite style? Is it tropicals or do you like all kinds of things? 
Oh, that's difficult. I love yeah. this. I mean, this is my yeah. pride and joy here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love it twice twice in the season with the, with the tulips, the sort of miraculous transformation that we do from the, the, from the very horizontal to this madness that goes on. Um, of course, I love the wildflower meadow. Mm. I mean, in July, when we had an opening in July, people were just, they couldn't get over the wildlife. And it's, um, it's a perennial meadow and it's, it's gorgeous. And of course, it's very simple. And we just mow little paths. And then this year with lockdown, we actually put little, Lou very kindly put some little bays in there, which we have done in the past. And we had families picnicking in there, and they just Aww. loved it because at Brilliant. that time it was just as everything eased, and they yeah. just loved the chance that they could just go and wander down there with their picnic and sit. And it was really good. It wasn't a great year for the meadow because it was very short because of the lack of rainfall, mm. but it was still the smell was just oh, just wonderful, pungent. Mainly, I think it was mainly the ladies' bed straw. But uh, <laughs> um, what else do I love? I love it all. Some bits I'm less fond of, perhaps, but. <laughs> um, do you like the kitchen garden? I do like the kitchen oh, garden. Oh, good girl. Yeah, <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> Particularly in, in April, May and June when the asparagus, I mean, I wouldn't... We did notice the two beds, not just one, but two well, beds of asparagus. It is so good for you. And I don't eat asparagus any, anywhere else, really, if I can help it, other than my own. Yeah. Um, I get sort of slightly miffed when people serve it to me in September or October. You know, where does it come from? Yeah. But I wouldn't be without that. Yes, of course, I love it. And I, I love cooking, so it's a, uh, you know, I wouldn't be without it. But... Uh, Yes, I mean a lot of lot of work. Yeah, um, and it's quite difficult because it's in raised beds in this terrible climate that we have here, so dry and whatever. But yes, of course I love it, and I love I like trying to put that ornamental side. And you've seen that with the perilla and some of the tachetes, oh, yeah. and then it's very potager style, isn't it? Yeah, very, it is very nice. Yes. Which which echoes the style that we've got here in yeah. in, in this tropical area. And, and some years when I've had leftover dahlias, we've had them in there. But this year I managed to sell all of them. We've sold because yes. there was such a shortage of plants, and we were I did actually do quite a bit of mail order and people picking them up. I remember seeing that all so, on yeah. social media. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I mean, I think I raised about three thousand pounds in lockdown just for plant well sales done. alone. That's very good. So we, we, we all grappled with it, didn't we, to try and work out how to, to get rid of them. things. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't say it that way, but you know, you, find a good home for them. exactly. You've mentioned the plant sales. Now you're a big supporter of the NGS. Uh, you open the garden all the time. I know. How did? Because this year has been unusual for all of us in some ways. How did the start of year? How did you grapple with the fact that that may not happen? Um, did did you think about not having the garden open this year and maybe scaling it back or were you always going to aim for this the the amount of garden here i would always if you know i i was because I, I could see it coming i could see the lockdown coming and i was not i wasn't upset that the tulips weren't seen partly because we did the virtual tour which i know a lot of people watched on the ngs website mm. but by that stage we were resigned we were in the middle of lockdown it didn't matter and then i was waiting for that opportunity when it would open up and then to see what we could do um and it happened in was it mid-june i can't remember now yeah, but which is not i always think this garden is fine in mid-june it, it's got we've got beautiful climbing roses we spend a lot of time and effort and they are absolutely exquisite at that time of the year but unlike gardens in the west Sol, we don't have the rainfall so we don't get the height of the delphiniums and the lushness so june is it's okay here but it's not it's not our forte so that was fine and then i you know i was thrilled that i could actually do my opening in in july which was which is ironically is not really the most important opening for us because it's more a discipline. That's when the meadow's great and we get normally get our lowest numbers there. Mm. Um, it's more a discipline for, for me to say, right, we're going to get everything ready mid-season. Gotcha. So we've done the tulips. Yep. We're aiming for the late summer, but we have that lovely chance just to get it all tight again 
and a few people will come. But of course, this year <laughs> we had loads <laughs> the of people. Came. Yeah. We have, I know one of the Sundays we were the, the largest number of tickets sold actually were you? in the whole in the whole of the um, NGS system. Were you? Yeah. Well, oh, well done. Well yeah, done. but that was I think because it was just timing and yeah. whatever. But um, yeah, and then I'm I'm very glad that we could open now. Um, my sadness slightly is at the groups, but I've just about got all my groups done, so that's fine. I had one yesterday, and they were just so thankful mm-hmm. because in fact that's that's been the, the lovely thing about this year is that people have come up to me I mean they always come up and say thank you but this year they said it was such passion and saying you know this is the first place we've been to since lockdown in many cases and we just feel safe and secure and a lot of people knew the garden they knew they're okay there's a we're standing in a relatively tight area here but there is so much space here that they didn't feel uh, under any any sort of concern or, or whatever they could just enjoy it and enjoy it. yeah and have a picnic there was one year when they had these little well one of the openings the um there was a little family and they just they actually were walk-inners they hadn't actually booked online and they they didn't know what they were coming to and they'd been their first ngs garden and they had their five-month-old baby and they were just having a wonderful time yeah. and they were sitting right down the far end near the car park and they said well is there anything to see here and i said we haven't even started <laughs> because they just had no idea what they, they'd signed up to they paid their money and come in and then actually she found me later she said oh my goodness I had no idea <laughs> and she just got an, uh, her own garden she said I got some lovely ideas thank you so yeah. it was just great oh I would say that that lady I think for like you say she will be so inspired by yeah. visiting here for, for years to come well so. hopefully she'll come back hopefully yeah. Yeah. I, I'm thinking I'm really hoping that this lockdowns encourage people out into their gardens and therefore they will come and visit places like this and the National Trust and all that so hopefully next year we'll have an upsurge in visitors and a real in, more of an interest in gardening in general with people I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I'm slightly concerned because I've been a few issues with compost and delivery of plants from, I'm not going to name companies, we all know who they are, but, you know, my concern is that might have put a few people off, but I hope in general people have have been inspired. I mean, that's what the general trend seems to be, that Mm. people have taken it up and embraced it. Let's just hope it's not a one-year wonder. So we've just left... Philippa had a lovely chat with her and um, she's such an inspiring lady and so modest you know it's it's she's got uh, got some plants hasn't she she's got some plant knowledge I must say yeah and we've just walked around the the front of the house and uh, I did say to us all I said there's one more thing to see and here we are there's the most massive containers again full of Lovely, is it probably the Cambridge Blue Salvia? It's, um, it's, um, it's Payton's, yeah. Isn't it? but I think it's there's, salvia one, there's a variety page, Cambridge Blue or something. It's a lovely, lovely yeah. pure blue. We've got yeah. um, uh, verbena, uh, the Ipomoea, and a very dusky leafed pelagonium there as well, all together, all I, cascading. I you said this, there was only a small thing to view. These, uh, I've got to say, these pots are absolutely massive, <laughs> and then around the door wow. is a uh, well, it's jungle. It's jungle mart two, isn't it? Jungle know, mart two. Amazing. I know. It's superb, isn't Look it? Look at these collocasia. I was just going to say, oh. I wondered how long it was going to be before the the collocasia was mentioned because they're stonkers, aren't they? They are brilliant. I'm just going to you. You keep talking. I'm just going to look at the label. <laughs> All right. So we've got either side of the the main door to the house is there's aeoniums that are nearly as tall as Saul. So probably uh, they're probably good. They're taller than me, so they're good. Uh, they're about six foot. I'm yeah. say nearly they're six obviously foot. quite old. We've got some ricin. We've got some collocasias. We've got more aeoniums, dahlias, oh, begonias, uh, coleus. Just the colours are. Absolutely scrumptious. I, I tell you what, yeah, I need to put my shades on. The, the colours are <laughs> absolutely amazing. And what's what's lovely is it's all pots and I yeah. grow containers at home and it just shows you yeah. what you can get away with exactly. outside just a front door. It also just shows you in a small space 
the kind of effect you can have. And, you know, they say if you've got a small space, fill it, put big plants in, big leaves, big, you know, Definitely. big specimens in because it just gives such an impact more than just a spindly little thing in the corner. And this is a, is a really nice demonstration. We've reached the end of today's episode and we sincerely hope that you found it informative and entertaining. If you'd like to leave us a review via your podcast provider, we'd be delighted to know your thoughts. While many aspects of the garden year are behind us, there are still plenty of horticultural milestones to mark. So Saul and myself are eager to bring you yet more valuable episodes of the Talking Heads podcast. We're also keen to visit those iconic gardens, large and small, of our peers and friends. With this in mind, you can look forward to an autumn packed full of interviews, road trips, practical advice, and of course, mine and Lucy's opinions on all manner of wide-ranging horticultural topics. We want to ensure that our listeners are kept up to date with what any self-respecting head gardener needs to know. So, until the next episode of Talking Heads... Goodbye! Goodbye!